Hello, and welcome to a special edition of We Are Not Wizards, which is, well, as we uh, mentioned in the last episode, we're starting a few specials, and this one is the Friends of the Show special, and um, it's going to be titled The Man Who Sold the World. Now, I know why, and you will know why, because with me is the rather wonderful, the rather fantastic, the auburn-haired warrior that is Paddy Stardust. Hey Paddy, how are you? Hi, thanks for the nice introduction. You really big me up to be more than I actually am. Just a, well... just a crap 30-something who likes <laughs> to stay indoors. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we're, we're here for an important reason. And we are. That is, we, that is to talk about the wonders and the fan, phantasmagorical thing that is board games. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited as well, but we're going to keep the normal format of the show. So if you've been listening on before, it's going to be it's going to be the same old stuff, possibly the same old jokes, definitely the the, the same old format that you're used to. It's just that I've decided. Well, Colin wants a night off, and when Colin wants a night off, Colin gets a night off. So there was only one person I thought could fill the void tonight, and it is is your good self. So um. As you know, the reason that we do this is because there are quite simply not enough podcasts about board games, <laughs> and and as we all know, there are also not enough podcasts that are just done by two chaps, <laughs> just just two <laughs> just, just two just tasty two, white gentlemen, just two potential people with the same DNA grouping um, coming in. Well, my but, hair um, is ginger, so mine is slightly different. So there's there's your diversity. Have that up your diversity it. pipe. Well, there you go. That's it. <laughs> that's what we want. But um, as always, one of the things we're going to intermingle. So twin humanities. There's usually a beverage that's been brought in. There so is. what are you drinking tonight, okay. Mr. Paddy? Uh, what I've done, I've bought out uh, a very special mug. Uh, yes. The mug I am holding uh, is a mug. If you've ever listened to my show, you will know it's a famous mug that I use. Uh, it is my Mr. T mug. Uh, now, Mr. Um, T, it's it's a black it's a black mug uh, with the words Mr. T, but the T is not the letter T, it's the word T, amusingly. Uh, it's also surrounded by bullet holes, uh, and it's in a very it? army font, like a sprayed-on army font. Does the handle have kind of med- medallions on it as well? Because no. I've seen this mug. Not you your know? mug, mm-hmm. but it has three kind of medallions on the handle. Do you know, it's funny you ask that, because yes... Yes, it, it does. Is. And I can place it's my a... hand inside of the cup, and it looks yes. like I've got lots of rings on. But It looks like your signet ring extraordinaire, man. And there is a design flaw, because your hand does get a little warm. Uh, especially if the tea is quite fresh. You put your hand in, it's like, ha, look, I missed the ow, 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 why, ow. <laughs> and then you have to put the tea back down again. Yeah, but if, you were, you know, if you're really, really tough, then you would just see through that pain and just punch through it. Yeah. <laughs> Using your tea-burning hand of glory. Eat, eat, a, I, eat a Snickers and, and punch through a wall. I'm obviously aware that we, 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 are, we are lacking, because we are lacking a CG and we're lacking a Colin, but tonight I, I've got myself a nice little tradition, traditional Italian intense roast. It how in, how intense? On a, scale of one to, uh, on a scale of one to professional wrestling? Um, it's potentially a Kurt Angle. Oh, Okay. But it's, there was a choice. They had the choice of either going for the silver box or the gold box. Okay. <laughs> so I went for the gold one because it had Intensio. Well, that's good. On it. That's good because Kurt Angle is a gold medal winner at the Olympics. He is a, he is a professional athlete and there's rumours that he's coming back. I know, right? I'm so I excited. I'm so excited. I know. <laughs> I know. He but doesn't suck. Know, 
he, well, not that I've heard, but it could be true, <laughs> but we don't know, but we don't know. Um, <laughs> it's like we're getting we're getting past this already, we're just totally going off at a tangent, which is good, which is all fine. I'm looking at the show notes here, right, and it's full of filth. <laughs> you just can't help yourself look okay um, I'll, I'll say this to, to people who are listening as I said it to you if you give me access to a Google Doc I will write naughty words on it and you have done you've done that and you've also highlighted some stuff in pink yes which is good some, a, a delightful innuendo that made me laugh yes well you know I had to I had to bring I knew if I, I, knew if I put that innuendo in I knew you'd jump it on it. You've, you've not only jumped on it, you've highlighted it and you've made it like puce. You've handled me, what you've done is you've handed me a tray uh, and you've said, Volavon, sir, and I'm like, oh, don't mind if I do, thank you very much. And I even laid out the prawn ones for you as well. Oh, tasty Such yams. a special man. Taste the prawns. <laughs> Taste them. Anyway, anyway um, for those who, who don't know Paddy, and if you don't, you really, really should, um, what is wrong with you? Um, we have given Twin Humanities a lot of love and a lot of shout-outs on the show. Um, and it's much appreciated, thank you. Well, we, you know, we, we, well, you've done the same for us, so we thought, you know, Aww. share the love. Love Share the love. Share the love and care. I know. Hugs. Love you. Um, board games. Yeah. Because we are here to talk about board games. What Do you remember what the kind of the first board game that you played? You know, obviously everybody's touched on Monopoly and mm. maybe... Mousetrap, but do you remember the kind of the first one you thought, hmm, this was a bit different, this was, you know... Oh, definitely, I've, I've written a few notes here, actually. Um, what? Well, CJ's first... going to be annoyed. I know, I've written more <laughs> notes than I have for the last six months of our own show, I feel a bit of a traitor. Um, <laughs> when I go on other shows, I try and look smart, because I'm not smart on mine, and I have to pretend to be smart. Um, ah. I did that for Sound of Play, I wrote four solid pages of notes. I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I also heard the disdain in CJ's voice when you told him you wrote four pages. He went into <laughs> he was so upset. He went, he went a little bit high pitched. <laughs> <laughs> you did what? Notes. Um, <laughs> board games. Um, so I remember. Uh, obviously, everyone has the obvious ones. Uh, you know, the monopolies of this world. Yeah. Um, yeah. The earliest one I can remember that we still play. Uh, we've got a very ancient copy of Frustration. Which oh is like yeah. Ludo with a poppy thing in the middle. Um, yes. And, like, and it, was, was one of, it was one of those things you had You would play it for so long And your parents were really glad that they bought you it Because it meant you you played together with your brother or your sister mm. and You then, couldn't lose the dice <laughs> No, that was it It was in a little special shell But after about playing it for like three hours in an afternoon your, My dad, I think, once ceremoniously stormed in Because all he heard was pop, pop, pop <laughs> Pop. <laughs> it went, will you stop playing that game that's encouraging social interaction and teamwork between two of you and fight instead? It was like, right. <laughs> Just hate each other like normal children. Exactly, exactly. Um, but what's your frustration, man? I remember, the popping. Uh, uh, I remember mm. the popping. Uh I remember the the bit when you get to the end where everyone's just trying to roll the number they need, so it's just pop, 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 pop. Yeah. Give me a three, give me a three, give me a three. Uh, we still play that. We've got the same version of it that we had when I was like, Six or seven, maybe no when we got it, and it's the same. And it comes out at Christmases and New Years and stuff. Uh, my mum's dubs it killer frustration because uh, my family gets quite competitive when we play board games, uh, and we'll get to this later. We'll touch on this later. Yeah. Whenever a game, we play a lot of buzz together, and we play a lot of other games. Uh, we get incredibly competitive, and words are said 
Um, is it fighting words? Oh, fighting words, uh, incredibly offensive words. Um, my mother implied that my sister uh, was uh, a rather unclean streetwalker. Um, <laughs> in other words than I'm going to say. Um, oh my goodness. That was a lovely Christmas. Um, <laughs> that would have made a turkey awkward. It was do you play, Laura do you was around p- for the first Christmas at their house and she oh literally almost fell off her chair laughing. It was what a wonder. It was perfect, <laughs> um, and we still bring it out because it's still like a tradition. Like we have to get a game of frustration in, even if we all hate each other by the end, we have to do it. Um, well, I mean, well, I mean, board games are always. I mean, Monopoly is well known for bringing out the most, you know, mm. the most Gordon Gecko in all of us. Oh, of course, <laughs> in terms of doing that. But frustration. I mean, was there anything else that you? Kinda... Oh God, there, there are two more that I can remember standing out. Um, yeah. First one being the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles board game. Uh, one of them, anyway. Uh, it had a really big board. Uh, yeah. You went around through the sewers. Uh, uh-huh. You went to different areas in the city, uh, fighting different. There was like a, an enemy deck in each place, and you had to build up your turtle cards and uh-huh. kind of play them to beat the number of the enemies. So you'd find like a Bebop or a Rocksteady. It was oh, it a proper like deck building? No, no, no. It was definitely no. for, chi- for children's. And you basically no. just collected like turtle cards and you spent those to kind of uh, to beat the ones. It was just get a lot of numbers and beat the big number. Ah, oh, right, okay. Um, but okay. there were like pizza slices that were there for some reason and manholes yeah. as well. Um, there were all sorts of strange mechanics about the manholes. I don't really remember a lot of it, uh, but I do remember collecting pizza slices and having to make you a full pizza. Track. You have to track this down. I'm going to have to look it for- down. Have a look at it, see if you can find it on eBay. I mean, it's either going to be... These older board games are either like going for like about fiver, mm. or they go for a stupidly ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, going for a fiver is my other one that I remember from my children, which I did this? buy again recently. Um, it's a game called Tower of Terror. Um, it's a very physical sort of uh-huh. board game. You're basically just trying to get your... You've got two, uh, two kind of big fat men who are knights... <laughs> and you've got a, a board with lots of like holes. It's a big plastic board. It's a 3D board. And it's got oh, lots right. of plastic holes. So there's an outside track and an inside track. And you've got to get around the outside track, then move into the inside track, go around that as well. And then you have to jump on a particular space in the middle, which uh, has the, the titular Tower of Terror on it. And you get your guy on that space, and it pops the tower out, and the tower falls over, and you win. Um, See, that sounds just, you know, that's that could be modern game kind of... Mm-hmm. That's going to give me one again, Dark Souls. But it's, it is. It's basically Dark Souls the game. You have to be careful because you're, you're Fat Man. Um, yeah. As you're moving around, every now and again, if you roll a six, uh, you have to swing the barrel man. Uh, now attached right. to the tower is uh-huh. a man in a barrel. Uh, and if you, I think it was if you roll a six, you have to grab the man in the barrel and swing him around the tower. Uh, and any man that gets knocked over has to go back to the start. And... It's, and have you been playing this recently? Have you started playing it yet? I played it last it? year, actually. We had a quick go and we couldn't remember the rules because there were no rules. Um, but oh. the interesting tweak is, so there is a little bit of strategy because your big fat mans, uh, they have a, oh. a little uh, a round bit on the base, but they also have a little round bit on their belt buckle. So as you're going around, oh. you can roll two dice to move them if they're stood up. Or if you want, you can lay them on their front, which makes them more stable, but they can only move one dice at a time. Oh, right, that's so kind of cool. Yeah, and it makes them more likely to stand up to being hit by the barrel man. Uh, so when you're kind of approaching the tower, you want to sort of start hunkering down and really sort of dig in, or maybe you want to roll just two dice and just gun for it and hope that the tower misses you. Um, you're fat rolling, then. Fat rolling, <laughs> essentially. You're fat rolling. Yeah, you, you, you lay <laughs> down, you poise up, um, 
<laughs> Which oh, one's the not dark. Yeah, you'd, it's you'd... not Dark Souls 3 then, because there's obviously poison that. Yeah, poison doesn't work. Yeah. It depends how hard you swing the barrel, man, really. Yeah. Um, particularly vicious barrel throws can knock over anything with enough, uh, with enough gusto. Um, but it's, it was a fun little game, and we kind of just about worked the rules out as we were playing it, because it, it's been yeah. a, a long time. I remember playing it when I was about 10. Um, uh-huh. And this didn't come with any rules. And the box was absolutely mashed. Like the top was all holes, and there was pen marks all over it. And they'd they'd drawn uh, mustaches on the adorable children on the front. <laughs> um, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So where did you where did you get this then? Where eBay. Did you, find? you got it off eBay. I just got reminded of it somewhere. I can't remember where it was. I just you know you just sort of get thinking that was a fun game, wasn't it? I think it was over Christmas yeah. when we were playing Frustration, just chatting about like old games we used to have, and it came up, and I was like, I really want to play that again. Ooh, and just found a copy for a fiver. I'm like, well, sure. You can't go wrong with it. that, can you? Yeah, I it, mean, it's a. F- I mean, let's like, you know, it's a fiver. It's it's yeah. absolutely nothing. You it was an enjoyable hour of games. You know, we had an enjoyable hour with it, and then we we moved on to something more complicated. Will you go back again then? Um, probably after a beer, maybe. It seems like a very <laughs> like Larry sort of game. You're like, It'll oh, be one of those get home at two o'clock in the morning. It's like, what should we play? Um, Tower of Terror. Get the tower. Get the tower out. Get the t- <laughs> get the tower. Get the tower out. <laughs> and the board game. Oh. Um. Oh. No. Stop. No. Can't. Sauce. Shouldn't. Well, no. Sauce. Saucy, isn't it? Saucy. Oh. It's lovely. Oh. Tower. Right. <laughs> 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 oh dear! It's going to be one of those hours. People, just stay with us. We will bash through. We'll get through. Um, just stick with it. <laughs> So obviously that's your younger days, but I mean, I mean me, I had a gap where I stopped playing board games. I start, mm. I was playing Hero Quest and Space Crusade, and then I had a gap of maybe about fifteen years, very similar if not to me, longer. Mm, same here. And then I went back into them again. So mm. you said that's similar to you. So what was it? What do you? Well, what kind of brought you back in again? Um, well, it was uh, actually we met a couple of friends that Laura used to work with. Uh, my wife worked at Game for a while. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, she worked with a couple, couple of guys that worked there. And after game that game had closed because it shut down, it was one of the uh, sort of Debenhams ones. Uh, oh right, okay. And uh, once that shut down, we yeah we sort of kept in contact with these two guys, uh, Mark and Mac. Um, oh, right. and Hello, Mark and Mac. Hi, Mark and Mac. Um, they'll, they'll be listening. Hi. Um, and I hope so. <laughs> yeah, they invited us round uh, to their flat uh, for an evening of games shortly afterwards, uh, mm. and they introduced us to. I'm pretty sure it was Catan. Oh, I'm, right. I'm almost certain it was Catan because, like, like you say, I had a good sort of, you know, ten, fifteen years of not really bothering with them. You know, I was video games mostly. That was just what I did. And at uni, it was Smash Brothers was the thing that came out, or like the SmackDown games. Like we never really board gamed at uni. Um, no, but mine was, su- mine was Super Mario Kart at uni. Yeah, double. Yeah, we double dashed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, we I had original SNES version Ooh. Super Mario Kart. Ooh. That's how old I am. I'm very old. It's also that or Super Bomberman. Oh, okay. On the Super Nintendo. Yeah, man. I love that game. Yeah. With a rubbish at it. I'm terrible at it, but it's great. You used to set up, what you used to do is you used to go up and you used to set up your bombs to the maximum and you used to set up the explosion levels to the maximum. (laughs) And then you used to just see how many seconds you would last. And usually it was about two, but it was so much fun, (laughs) especially if you'd had too much to drink. You know, I think fun fun lubricant is what that's called. (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. The grease that gets you on the way to having fun again. Um, so but we we were introduced you... to Catan. Um, yeah. With what we were kind of eased into, and obviously our first game was bad. We were very bad at the Catan. We weren't good at the Catan. But by game number two, we kind of got the hang of it, you know. And once you get over the ha 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 wood for sheep, um, yeah, it's a really sort of cool deep game. I'm sure people listening will know this because it's it's Catan. Um, and they had the big six-player expansion as well, so we played with that as well with a few of us, and sort of got into sort of regular game nights almost with them. Um, so every couple of weeks we'd go around and play some more stuff. Um, so you mastered the Catan? I mastered. Oh, I wouldn't say mastered, but I've got all right at it. Uh, all right. I can win some of the time. Um, oddly enough, my dad seems to be very good at Catan these days, which is bizarre to me. He can beat me every time, and I don't understand how. Um, it's the wisdom of age. That brings things like that, or just putting things down and getting lucky. Yeah, well, but there is that as well. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, you, you've not met my dad. Trust me, it's not skill. <laughs> it's just, it's just jammy. He's very dum, jammy. Dum, 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 dum. He'll put his go. house next to a number two on the board, and then all that will roll is two for the next five minutes. <laughs> like, yep, give me all the wheat, please. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you very thank much. You and you're sitting much. there with nothing in your hand, and it's like, oh, I've got too many cards. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good work. <laughs> My most prime number six hasn't come up once. Oh. <laughs> you, and you think that's a good thing at the time? Yeah, you think, oh, number six, yeah, I'll get that all the time. And then you just sit there barren. No cards, can't develop. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck. It's, I'm in yeah. a wasteland. I'm, I'm, in Fallout, I'm in Fallout 4. It, literally, it. Fallout 4. But there are no resources. The world is empty. The game has crashed. <laughs> um, but we moved but from what, Catan onto a couple of other games. They introduced yeah. a couple of what I call kind of proper games when I try and explain it to people. Um, we tried one called Robo Rally. Um, I have heard of Robo Rally. Oh, Robo Rally! Building good. up parts in order to race kind of robots. Is that kind of correct, or am I just no. talking crap? No. Well, very kind broadly, of, you're yeah. broadly right. Um, basically, it's sort of like Robot Wars, a bit. <sighs> um, you've got a board, uh, yeah. a, a board with squares all over it. Uh, and it represents a factory floor. And basically you're playing a, an AI that's got bored and has built robots to kind of battle out in this kind of area uh, to see which robot's the best. And the way the game works is you have to guide your robot through a series of checkpoints. So there's checkpoints on the map and you kind of move through them and whoever gets the number three or four or whatever first wins. All right, okay. Uh, the way you accomplish that, uh, it's one of those everybody goes at once kind of games. So you have on in front of you like a, a program sheet uh-huh. with spaces for five cards so you get dealt out yeah. a number of cards equal to how much damage you've got left so you start with 10 and if you take damage uh-huh. you lose cards so you kind of get less options as you play um, yeah and you have to choose what order you're going to do your cards so you might have a move forward to uh, a turn left uh, a reverse and then a 180 degree card and you play them down in the order you want uh, and then when everyone's put their cards down uh, you will then take turns kind of turn over card number one and everyone in a certain order goes, right, right, move card number one. So you move, you turn, you slide. Um, and you sort of try and nudge each other out the way and remember your left from your right, which turns out is a lot harder than you would think. <laughs> uh, because when you've put five cards down and the first card is a turn left and you turn your thing left and you go, hang on a minute, that wasn't uh, left. I'm about to smash into something and I'm about to Ooh. take some more damage. Yeah, the, the classic turn left and look straight at the hole of death. Like, ah, Hang on, wait, I know what cards I've got left. Ooh. It's one of those kind of games <laughs> where you know hurt. what you've done. Uh, but because you're sort of trying to get to the same point, you're kind of bashing and shunting each other. Uh, and there's mm. rules for like who goes first when that happens. So you might get knocked off of your path by one square and have it completely ruin what you were trying to do. Um, yeah. Because okay. the board isn't static, it's full of like conveyor belts and 
cogs that will turn your robot by 90 degrees one way or the other, or like pushers that will shove you out of the way, uh, lasers as well, which are fun. Um, so before you know it, you're on the wrong side of the board, not quite sure where to go, and nearly broken. Um, it's it's really fun, uh, and it supports up to eight players as well. Um, I've played I've one s- eight-player game, and it was madness. I've seen it kicking about a couple of times. It's one of these games that appears... Um, there's a Facebook group that I'm a member of, which is kind of like people that want to sell board games. Mm. And I think it's one of these games that appears and you get kind of like Robo Rally selling for, and I don't know how much, it's like 50, 60 pound, or it might be more, it might be less, but it's older copies. Um, so they say, I've, the, the thing I've heard about Robo Rally is some of the older, the, the, the older editions are better than some of the newer ones. Well, we bought ours new the other day. Offer. Yeah, we bought yeah. ours new. Um, because we used to play his copy, uh, yeah. Mark's copy, and we bought our own copy a few months ago, and it only cost yeah. us about 25, 30 quid. It wasn't expensive at all. Well, um, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all new, boxed up, and all the bits that mm. I remember from Mark's copy are all still in there. You get like four, oh, cool. or, four or five like double-sided boards, and you can put the boards together to make kind of big, long arenas as well. Or there's ones that are just an entire like floor that's just full of conveyor belts. So you really so that would be madness. It's like a whirlpool of conveyor belts. It's <laughs> It's really, really hard to deal with, but very satisfying when you do. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's no, just, really fun. Seen... Really, really fun and really easy to pick up. Like You can pick it up in like 10 minutes. You work out what you're doing and then it's just like, right, game on now. Just let the carnage commence, basically. Exactly. Now, as I say, I've seen it whenever it's been up for sale in the older editions and if they're selling for a bit more money, mm. then I've seen people going, I'll have that. And then there's about three or four people afterwards going, damn it. Missed it, damn it, missed it. <laughs> no, it's it. it's missed really it. fun. Like it, it's the reason it's popular because it is great, and it's the one we used to go to. Like it's like Robo Rally, Robo Rally. It was the game that, that came out when we weren't sure what to play. Um, but that moved on. Uh, we moved on from Robo Rally. Uh, we moved yes. on to uh, a lovely game called Space Alert. Um, yes, I've heard of this. Oh my god, Space Alert is the best. Now, Space Alert falls very nicely into a genre of game, uh, video and board that I call crap in space. <laughs> um, so you know like have you played the video game FTL of course yeah or there's a game called Tharsis that's come out recently which is basically a board game uh, about getting yeah. to Mars and trying not to die you just roll dice to do everything it's really good yeah. um, but this is a similar crappy stuff in space game uh, you're on a ship that's basically made out of tin foil like oh, right. lowest bidder sort of deal like it's, everything is the cheapest thing it can be um, and you have a mission to get into an unexplored zone of space survive for 10 minutes and get out alive um now the way this works is that you have like a board that's made of the ship is made of just six spaces um there's like a left a right like a middle a left and a right and an up and a down uh, yeah. that's it um and you in a similar way to robo rally you program your guy so in the first section you'll have three spaces and you'll go right uh-huh. i'm gonna move to the red zone i'm yeah. gonna move down and then i'm gonna charge the reactor to put energy in so someone else can fire the gun uh, like it's yeah, a five yeah. it's a five player co-op game like you have to work together oh oh this is the one where everybody has a different kind of role and then mm. you need to do certain actions in order to allow other people to carry out their actions is exactly that, is that yeah right? you have to coordinate between <clears throat> you uh now the kicker is because it's it's you have to survive for 10 minutes the way this manifests is a cd and you put the cd on and you press oh, play, right. and it's like, beginning mission. So and the sound effects and stuff like Yeah, that. absolutely. And then every oh, kind of minute so or two, cool. it'll go, uh, incoming threat, zone white, time two. And that's the kind of point on your kind of track of cards is when it will turn up. So it might be an asteroid or an alien or a giant cloud of alien plasma that turns up. 
Um, and you're encouraged to kind of throw bits on the board to try and work out what you're doing as you're doing. So like, right, now you go there. Now, I rent, when you've gone there, is there power in this. that? No, yeah. you need to go down and power the reactor. I need to then fire the laser, and I think we kill that. Um, there's moments where I think one of the mechanics is in the very early game that you have to have someone up in the command deck sometime in the first fade has to wiggle the mouse on the computer monitor or it goes into screensaver mode and all the doors stop working. <laughs> it's amazing. It, that is just... And it knocks everyone back me. by a full turn as well. So whatever you thought you were doing, you're not doing. Um, it's amazing. As the, ship, as the ship gets damaged, like you'll kind of put damage tokens on areas of the ship. That's how you take damage. Uh, and if a, if a ship section takes six points of damage, so if all of its tokens are on, the ship explodes and you all fail. Um, we've only made it through the simulation of a real mission. We've never done a full mission, and even that was very hard. Yeah, okay. Um, that's not with any internal threats, because like, there are internal threats. There's like killer robots that can turn up and malfunctioning equipment on the inside, or you can find bombs in the, in the ship. But we've never even tried that, because we can barely manage the stuff on the outside of the ship. Um, it's a great game. It's really physical as well. Lots of like cubes of energy and laser bits yeah. to throw about the place. And so you move stuff around and things like that as well. Yeah. yeah. And that moment when you're looking at the board and you uh-huh. know you've you you know you can't do it, and you're looking yeah. around and no one else has realised yet, and you know it's futile because you've seen what people have done. And you think there's no energy left. There's no. We're there's not no get power. Out of this alive. They fired that laser, <laughs> but they're gonna. That's not gonna work because it's too far away. And oh, we're doomed. And you just sit there and try and make a good fist of it. Oh, and then as, and then once you've gone all that, you then reset the whole board. And then you go through your cards one by one and go, right, turn one. Right, you did that, I did that. And you physically do on the board what you said you were going to do. And work yeah. out and work out if it worked or not. Yeah. Spoiler alert, it didn't. <laughs> so you have to go back again and then... Yeah. Kinda... If you thought you were clever, you weren't clever. <laughs> like. So is it was it easy to get kind of like groups of people together then I mean was it easy to have like kind of like five player games in these things then yeah definitely like because um, there was myself there was Laura used to go along as well uh, there was Mark and Mac always there and they had yeah. another couple of people that would turn up uh, a lad called Gwyn uh, a lad called Adam used to come along someone I used to work with that I used to bring along as well uh, oh, so right. there was always at least four or five of us around and he had lots of games to play like with numerous player counts so we always had something fun to try um, uh-huh. and we kind of we experimented a lot of things and we ended up we actually ended up moving on to Pathfinder yeah, I mean, I've seen because Pathfinder is you're starting to get into your D and D type thing. So, I mean, obviously, I've known people that are playing well at the club where I go to. Yeah, people play like D and D games. They play like um, they got the Pathfinder going. Um, they've played Frostgrave as well, which is a bit of a skirmish game. That so does sound great. Kinda, yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, is Pathfinder like a decent? I mean, you did you play it for a long time? Did you get through campaigns? I mean, how did that kind of work out? Um, we got through, like, a couple of arcs of a campaign. Uh, mm. We got to about level four or five, I think. We didn't get super far because uh, people moved away. Uh, Mark moved off to London. Max now moved off to Newcastle. And I'm in little old Portsmouth at the bottom of the world. So, yeah, that kind of... It, unfortunately, it had to stop after about six months to a year or so. Um, we caught played right. every other week or so. We didn't do it every single week, but we, we had, like fun with it and our GM it was his first time GMing I think as well so we really sort of took our time uh, we didn't know quite what we were doing so but it was fun though um, really enjoyed Pathfinder had a really like good time with it um, yeah. our GM let us do some silly stuff uh, I, I played a, 
initially a bard um, in our sort of trial campaign, and then we did a real like proper sort of series start, uh, and I turned that into a sorcerer. So unfortunately, I was a wizard. For the, I know. I, know. I think we're potentially going to have to stop things right there. <laughs> Podcast over. You're just like that. It's not kind of, we're not wizards, except I was a wizard once. Yeah. This isn't like the, it's not like Wizards Anonymous, where we kind of used to be a wizard. We're not wizards, except when we were. Exactly. Um, except- well, it was a very bardic kind of wizard. I used the spell singer. Uh, bloodline, ah, right, okay. which is lots of like, kind of like audible kind of spells and sort of noises and sounds and singing and performance. Oh, that's, well, I suppose we can let you off on that because it was more of a singer. Wizard. It was a bard. It was a bard. Then, yeah, yeah, of course it was. It, yeah, was, it, it was a very that's special. Okay. It was a very specialized bard. Listen, we'll not we'll not talk about it again. We'll just kind of we'll just move on. We'll just kind of bree- we'll just breeze through it and we'll just kind of move on. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean. I've never played a role-playing game. I'm going to put my hands up. It's a joke with Colin, and Colin is always saying, you've never ever played a role-playing game in your life. It's something that I've potentially thought about, but mm. you know me, I'm a bit more of a kind of a, a kind of a dungeony, crawlery type person. Um, I, I don't know. I would always think I would probably end up putting on a stupid voice, kind of overacting, making a, making a fool of myself. Yeah. But... There's probably no difference there than what I'm kind of doing right now. To be fair, putting on a stupid voice and overacting is half the fun. Yeah. Like, my my character was kind of, oh, very kind of, no, no. Like, he was very sort of well well to do in his voice. He was a halfling and he was very sort of, yeah. Here he goes. And then we, because actually, funny you mentioned silly voices, we tried Gamma World as well briefly. Yeah. And I played, I rolled. What was it I got? I got like a feline man, but I was also psychic, so I could stab people with my brain. Um, what? And uh, his name, I called him Raul, and I insisted on speaking with a very Spanish accent the entire game. Did you have a hat? Uh, he didn't have a hat. He was bald to make the psychicness better, but he did have a poncho that was made out of uh, a mat, like a floor rug. <laughs> Did you ever dress up? Unfortunately not, no. Would you have? Because you sound like the type of guy that maybe if they were given the opportunity, because I know what you're like, you're a big bit in your fashion soles, you like your clothes. (laughs) When we played Pathfinder and I was a halfling, I did try and sit on the floor so I was shorter than everyone. See, that's the type of role player that you would welcome in any game. See, that's commitment. (laughs) That is committing. That's just just not, I'm not taking my shoes off. Or I'm using my own dice. I or... would commit to people. Like if I, there was a certain section where we would in our trial campaign where this this is where my character had left and is never moved, never left this scenario. He was investigating yeah. a room with some screaming mushrooms in it. Um, the mushrooms were like sonic, so you couldn't hear anything. Um, I was inside the room. My party was outside. They got annoyed that I kept setting the mushrooms off, so they shut the doors. <laughs> so, so I you just you just got left in the room. No, it gets better. Um, I had taken off. Like, my character had taken off his shirt at that point and wrapped it around his head to stop the, the mushrooms, like, uh, hurting his ears so much. He then set them on fire as well to try and get rid of them. Uh, oh, my goodness. My party had blocked the door from the outside with a sword because they were sick of the noise. <laughs> they got into combat outside, but I insisted on role-playing that I hadn't heard them. So I was walking around exploring the room and looking in the cupboards and investigating drawers while they were outside stabbing goblins. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I got I got I got XP bonus for that. He said you get a points for role playing. Uh, mm. And then because I couldn't get out of the room, I kind of sat in the middle, and my character lit up his pipe and sat mm-hmm. there in a room filling with smoke, with his shirt wrapped around his head, smoking a pipe, choking to death slowly. And that's where we stopped. And, he's and that's ne- 
and that's where he died in perpetual i've been there for three years he's been there for three years now my word it was it was great that's why and that's why i kind of was a bit bummed out when our group sort of disbanded because i was really sort of enjoying it like it was fun being a bit creative yeah i mean with that i mean has that been that sounds like it's been something that's uh, occurred a little while ago now Mm. i mean has that kind of put a bit of a kibosh on the stuff that you have played then or you have been able to play i mean we've not done anything like D D style not even no. close. Like uh, I've got a couple of people interested, but it means someone's got a GM, and you know we're all busy these days, aren't we? It's a, it's a big job. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest issues that you have, well, one of the biggest issues we have at the club, um, is people being able to commit because mm. you can't if 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 you get four people involved in a game and one person can't make it that week, you can't mm. you can't play. So yeah. it involves kind of like military precision planning. Like, it happened to us once and or I've twice seen as well. Yeah. People, I've seen people fall out over it. I've seen some <laughs> rather, some rather interesting um, kind of posts on Facebook about people saying, "Well, listen, I'm going to have to um, kind of abandon this because not enough, not enough people are actually playing." You know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, with one of the things me and Colin talk about is that board gaming itself seems to be going through a bit of a, almost like a bit of a golden age again. Mm. And I guess the question for you is, you know, have you seen anything recently that you've thought, hmm, I'd like to get my hands on this. This looks like a, a decent kind of looking game. I mean, obviously we have a thing, we have a we have a section of the show which is called, you know, um, get them off the shelf. But is there anything that you've maybe seen in a store shelf or something that you'd like to get off? You'd like to you know, get off. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, Hello, little box of goodness. Would you like (laughs) to get off the shelf for me? (laughs) Just absolute filth. That was. You're doing this to me. I love it. I managed seven episodes now without resorting to swearing, (laughs) without resorting to innuendo. Slay on the filth. Been doing this for like like 35 minutes now, and it's just like, hello, how you doing? Oh, it's glorious. Um, Well, it's fantastic. I've got I've got two parts to this answer. Um, Right. Uh, I've got games that I've. You have written down notes, haven't I've you? This so is the many. thing. You um, imagine there's going to be so many words in the car when you talk to CG again. Yeah, <laughs> the, the car that we don't drive because we live about 150 miles apart. It's the metaphorical car of twin humanities. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have I have two parts to this. I have ones because I've got a few that I've actually sought out uh, for various yeah. reasons, and I've got a few that I'm interested in. I'll do the ones that I sought out first, and I'll get to. Yeah, them. please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Based on um, an interest in Pathfinder, um, yes. there's a card game, an adventure card game of Pathfinder as well, oh. which I've invested in. It costs about 40 quid. I bought it with some Christmas money I had left over. Uh, mm. And it's, it's not role-playing at all, but you do like it's like deck building. You build a character and you kind of build up their deck with weapons and spells and armours. And then you what's, kind of, what's it called? Is it... It's Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, which is a very uh, oh, right. very okay. florid description, I know. Um, it's the Wrath of the Rune Lords is the box that I picked up, um, oh. and you get enough in there to do like a, scenar- uh, a test scenario, and then like the first six parts of the campaign, and then there's like I think six more boxes you can buy with another six bits in each. So you kind of play through about thirty six different scenarios for the whole game. Well, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, as long as you, as, you not, as long as they're not overly expensive, of course. Uh, I don't think they're too bad. Like nothing a board game person would would shrug at, definitely. Um, yeah. But you kind of you pick up, you kind of build a character. Like I'm playing it currently. I'm actually playing it by myself because uh, I played it with Laura, and we didn't really the characters we picked didn't really gel for a newbie. Uh, oh, so I'm playing okay. myself with a fighter and a cleric, uh, with both hands on the table, so I can see both hands. I'm kind of playing it one by one. 
And then, yeah. do you and how do you build the event? Is it is the adventure based on cards that you draw? Then what happens sort with of. scenarios and stuff uh, like that? Yeah, yeah, you've got so you've got like your main like you've got your campaign, and then in that you've got your adventure, and in that you've got your scenarios, and each one kind of lists what's next. Uh, and scenario will list a number of areas, uh, so like the town square, uh, the apothecary. The, mm. the woods, the bridge, uh, mm. and then on those cards you'll then have a list of like, here's the stuff that's here. So you'll put yeah. out three weapons, uh, two armors, four monsters, uh, a chest maybe, uh, and then you'll also get on the scenario card like a list of right, here's the villain for this one, and here's his henchman. So you take the villain and you take the amount of henchmen for the amount of rooms you've got, shuffle oh. them up and shuffle them into the deck. So you're basically trying to find and shut down the villain. Um, <laughs> and you do that by working your way through the deck. So you've got I think 30 turns to get through and find the villain, uh, which yeah. track with a pile of cards on one side. Um, and if you can, if you can find uh, the villain, you can then fight him. And if you beat him, uh, the villain might maybe escape to a different area if other areas aren't o- are still open. Um, so you can kind of close areas by kind of going through the deck or meeting certain conditions. You can turn them over and make them permanently dead. Uh, so you've got to kind of burn through your deck and try and find the villain and, and lock them out from going anywhere. And if you can isolate them and kill them, you win. That is really cool. And does it play well as a single player? Because it's strangely enough, is that one thing that board games seem to struggle a little bit with is mm. by making kind of single player campaigns, and it always seems to be like a stretch goal on yeah. uh, on a lot of campaigns. I actually think it does because you you can play it with one character if you want. Like if you pick like a rogue that's good on their own, you can. You mm. can play but like playing with two characters in front of you is fine. Like it's yeah. it's not hard to deal with, and you've got sort of different options for each character so they can help each other in various ways as well so you're not yeah. trying to micromanage two whole people and keep track of what's going on like it's it's all out in front of you like the cards tell you what they do and after a while you start to really just get a feeling for right there's a blessing I'm gonna play that I'm gonna play my armor and i'm fine like you get right. a, a theory for what they do and like different characters have different abilities like the the cleric can kind of burn a, a divine card but you can kind of heal someone like you could give them a few cards back yeah, your, your deck is cool. yeah, your deck is your hit points essentially. If your deck runs out, you're dead. Yeah. Um, and the fighter can use weapons, but instead of like discarding them, he can just put them back at the bottom of his deck and use them again. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of different ones like that. Um, but it, it really balances, I think, quite well for two players. And you can play it up to I think up to five with the standard box, and you can expand it to six with the character add-on deck, which puts a few more cards in to balance it out. Um, and it gets a bit harder the more people you have because there's more kind of locations to deal with. Um. But I, I think it plays generally quite well. Um, the basic set is about 40 quid. Um, yeah. And okay. in that box is enough space to put all of the expansions for that kind of version Storage of it. Storage is so important when they're, you know... Mm. It's a smart box. It's a very I've, smart box. I've ranted a lot about storage in the past, yes. but I'm not going to rant anymore. It but was, yeah, it was I mean, great. it's always good. <laughs> I remember no. that rant. It was a good rant. It was a, it was a necessary rant. <laughs> it was a required rant, but we are now going to be playing the game. So hey. you know. um, yes, the other thing that I've been picking up recently is because me and my wife both work in charity shops. Um, yes, you see a lot of kind of cool old stuff coming. Uh, and Laura's shop uh, is our vintage shop, and they had a a games night, like a geek night. So all yeah. the shops were sending all their geek stuff down. So we were looking at going, look at that, look at that. We've got a lovely Transformers poster on the wall now from the eighties, which is lovely. Um, we found a couple of old games in those piles that have been really fun. We found uh, a Star Trek: The Next Generation video board game. Yeah. So you know, like Atmosphere. Yeah, I remember. It's got a video, and someone it had, yelled like, the it. Emperor out of Star Wars on it. Yeah. Um, that. Yeah. 
I was kind of like that. You punished. You move next. You punished you, to the black Mr. hole. Dan, you're about to die. He had the best voice. The way he said, you punished have... to the black hole. <laughs> you and your father are now mine. Can I? <laughs> well, this is like that. The, the Star Trek is like that, but you've got a Klingon who's taken over Ooh. the Enterprise and he's trying to like race it and blow it up so to start a war off. So you've got to run around the Enterprise trying to kind of get access to the bridge to shut him down. Um, it's right. really physical, so you've got like proper standy kind of crewmates and you can be sort of any gender you want. You can be a boy or a girl. You can have a left-handed or a right-handed phaser if you wish. Um, everybody wears a Star Trek badge. Um, Would you need a left-handed phaser? Yeah, if you're left-handed. Would you? Laura's very happy about that. You never get left-handed options in these games. So she could be a purple uh, left-handed woman and be well, totally be fine. Good. Yeah, um, and you all, you all wear, like, like, it comes with badges you have to wear. And when the, the Klingon, whose name is Kavok, comes on the screen, he goes, answer me! And you all have to put your hand on your badge and go, yes, Captain Kavok! And if you don't do it, the other players can steal cars from you because you're endangering the safety of the crew. Oh, okay. It's, so it encourages you to kind of to buy in and to kind of interact with the with the video and it but was, this is a this is a cd-rom type thing isn't it this it isn't VHS. an actual it's not it's, is it vhs it's a vhs we had to get it copied to dvd so we could play it oh whoa it was amazing and you get like a like as a if you go to stasis which is like the equivalent of the black hole yes. um but it's a little plastic tube that you put over your character so you can't move <laughs> it's so good oh my goodness but it was so you've, one you've of the got... funniest 45 minutes of gaming i've ever had it was delightful Oh my goodness. Just proper hilarity, buying into it, you know, shouting back like, I can't hear you, maggot! Yes, Captain Kavok! <laughs> and every now and again he'll give you like, uh, he'll give you a nickname like, you, the player who is the lowest rank, I will call you Boosh. Uh, and there's a, a player, a deck of cards. Jotaka! Etc, etc. Thank you, Laura. Uh, Laura's just given me a note that the, uh, the videos for that and atmosphere, you can actually find them on YouTube. Really? So if you can't get a VHS player, you can still... If you find a copy, buy it, because you can queue it up on YouTube. And that's, on like, YouTube. that's like... It'd be like 1980s news. And sorry, I've just had a had an announcement. Thank you, Laura. Um, yeah. Atmosphere. <laughs> atmosphere. I'm just holding it she here. She literally and, handed me a note. <laughs> atmosphere is, atmosphere is, is actually available on YouTube. That is... I'll repeat that. I'll repeat that. It's just news come in. Hot. Hot off the press. <laughs> well, hot off from the Laura. Um, is it... Atmosphere is available on YouTube. Thank you. <laughs> now back to your, your um, regularly scheduled uh, program. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Tim. Um, but I also found, not only that, uh, I found a copy of a game called Dungeon Quest as well. No. Um, basically complete a missing maybe a couple of tiles, one card, because I sat there on Board Game Geek with a list and it has the game, and it has the Catacombs expansion, and it has a Heroes expansion. Some of the expansion stuff is more missing. There's only about two playing pieces in the box, but that doesn't matter because you can use Lego people. Um, yeah, Dungeon Quest, where you, you make, like, you build your dungeon as you go in and try and get to a dragon, steal treasure, and get out. The manual has a wonderful line. Apparently, from extensive playtesting, the game has a 15% survival rating. That's not very good. It's not, but um, well, I thought I was doing quite well because in my very first game, I, I got in, I got to the drag. Because you can totally play it by yourself as well. Like It's got solo play or multiplayer. There's another game, was it Mage Knight, I think you can also mm. play, which looks complicated as it. And I've always been tempted to pick it up, but it I seems think it's... to go for a pretty penny. Mm. I but think again... people have, have likened this one to that. They're in a similar sort of thing. 
Um, There's a revised edition by Fantasy Flight or Final Fantasy Flight Games. Mm. Interesting. Because Dungeon Quest was really fun. But because I was really confident. So my second game uh, was my favourite because I put down the very first tile and it was a bottomless hole. And my, I was using the, the Barbarian, who's not very agile. So I walk onto literally square one of the game, and I roll my agility, and I fail, and I fall in a hole, and I die. And that was my entire <laughs> second game. I didn't even make it through one turn. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, and I, I kind of understood what it meant there. But we see all this sort of stuff come through, like these really cool old like um, RPG games. I found an old Shadowrun book uh, in a box oh, the other day. Shadowrun was just... Shadowrun's one of these games that even if you're not into role-playing games, if you're interested in the scene at all, you would have heard mm. of Shadowrun because it was yeah. the, there was the um, there was the video games as well. There was there the were? computer games as well that came yeah. out as well. So people have heard of them. Absolutely. Yeah, Dungeon Quest Revised Edition. It goes just now for about sixty dollars. I did not pay that much money. No, and it's a revised, and it says. Dungeon Quest Revised Edition is a fast-paced game of deadly un- dungeon exploration and looting for one to four players. Mm. Each player takes on the role of a hero, sets a little blah 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 Included in the box is a normal fantasy flight trench. A what? It's just it's a trench. You've not heard of the fantasy flight trench? No, what's that? The fantasy flight trench is the way that fantasy fight pack their games. They basically have a game box, but they have a raised. They have two raised sides, and then they have a small trench in the middle that you're meant to fit everything in. Oh, I know what you mean. Those are bad. Those are not good. Because the, fa- the cardboard on the side always folds. It, it just doesn't work. At it all. ends up in it's a pile. A bad, yes, it does. You end up crushing all your stuff. But oh that's, God, yeah. that's beside the point. That is beside the point. Um, is there? I mean. Obviously, is there games that you, you know, anything else that you really would cover if you could say, well, I want to play this game and oh, yeah. you could get anybody to play with? Yeah. And. I've got three, actually. You've got three? I've got three. They're very. Well, they're three, but they're all the similar sort of like idea of, you know, four to six players play a really long game. Um, the three that I cover, and I know I haven't got the people to play it, or like I haven't got the people that are that into board games enough to play with me at the moment. Uh, it's Arkham Horror, that Game of Thrones game, and that Battlestar Galactica game. I want to play all of those. They look brilliant. I've um, Colin's played Battlestar Galactica, mm. and it is very much it's a hidden double agent game. Yeah, and he he says it's really good. It's like who's the Cylon? Mm. Who's the Cylon? We, we watched the whole series a while ago, and like we got so into it. I'm like, I need I need to play a game of this because this is really entertaining and interesting and. Like, I think I just, it was. I think it was the first thing I bin. I think it was the first television series I binged on because I went out and I bought it all, and that was just before the days of Netflix, where you could just say, "I want to watch this," and then you just put it on and you just sat for three days and watched the whole thing. When you had to binge, <laughs> this is Battlestar Galactica in the old days. You had to binge on it. You had to go out and buy it the Ooh. whole lot, but it wasn't that bad. And then hook it up to your 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 home gramophone to to play it <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> That's it, and have them interacting like puppets and stuff yeah. like that. Yes, H- hire a three-piece uh, band to play the music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> it wasn't even on VHS; it was DVD. Oh, Blu- Blu-ray hadn't been invented. 
It was like they had interactive features and stuff. It was like, ooh, this is a bit saucy. And it was one of those things where the DVDs weren't big enough, so the box set came on about five discs. And you got about two, two and a half episodes a disc. God, so yeah. So it kind of got halfway through. Or if I want to really show my age, I remember when you used to get double-sided DVDs. Oh, you God. You didn't even used to get the ones that were printed. You used to have to play the DVD and then halfway through it go... Turnover for the second part of the film. It was like going to the pictures when they used to have an interval, and used to. And of course, obviously, they didn't last that long because the DVD was like it was playable on both sides, so it ended up like getting totally scratched. Yeah. So all it took was somebody taking it out the wrong way of the DVD oh. player, and you would wreck the disc. Oh. So it wasn't very good. It was. Yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Yes, it's very very good. Arkham Horror. I believe is very good but takes an awful long time mm. to play. And I would give it that time. I would totally give it a day to get into it, but like Laura doesn't want to. Definitely she does not want to. I think it's a long setup time. I mm. think there's games that I think there's games that take they take an awful lot of time to set up and then once you get into it, um it takes an awful lot of time for you to learn the rules and it's only on the second or third playthrough. And playing it the first time is such a barrier for these games. Because they last so long, mm. they last an awful long time. Christ, they do. You know, but know, I'm in I for that. But like, just no one that I know locally is, and that's a bummer. Well, I think we do an appeal for appeal for Paddy. Are you in Portsmouth and want to play Arkham Horror? Please, at Paddy Stardust. Yes. <laughs> if you know how to play Drop it, even better. <laughs> if you know, if you if you have a copy of Arkham Horror available or Battlestar Galactica, uh, and we'd like, they would like to play either. Um, then I mean the only reason I'm playing board games is because of the group that we go to, mm. and um, we're kind of kind of lucky that the group's been established for um, years. I mean seriously, it's called Dwarf. Okay, it's the Dunfermline Warhammer and Role Playing Fellowship. That's, That's clever. That is clever, but they must have. You imagine how long they went. Okay, we've got a D, we've got the W, we've got the A, we've got the R, we've got the F. What we call college? You bunch of Fs. Um, Rawward. That's it. Forward. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's what they call. I know there's a couple of guys from Dwarf that kind of listen to this, that listen to the show as well. So hello, guys. <laughs> Hi, dwarves. Hi, dwarves. Dwarves. Actually, short people. That's interesting. If you can, if you can fill for thirty seconds, I will be right back. I, okay. I'm very interested. One second. Hang on. Running. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So here we have Mr. Paddy Stardust, who's, who's out the trap, he's running, he's hurling away, oh, he's going for the first fence, he's going, it's a good clear one, he's got it out, he's got Captain CJ on the left hand side, he's got the twin humanities on the right, and he's coming up to the second fence, oh it's a bit sticky but it's clear and he's going over, and it's, he's coming up, he's about a head of length, he's at head of head, he's head of head, he's got CJ in the background, twin humanities, he's got Dark Souls 3, he's got Lack of Poise in the fourth place, and he's coming back and... And here he is, back again. <gasps> and it's a full win for Mr. Paddy Stardust. Oh, thank you very Second, much. Second, CJ. Third, Twin Humanities. Fourth, Dark Souls. Three, fifth, Lack of Poise. <laughs> um, oh, I bought uh, a copy of uh, Tabletop Gaming Magazine from Future Press uh, this week. Which has taken the world by storm. I really it's like now, it. It's now in Tesco's. It's in Tesco's. I think that was because I'm. I've obviously follow all things tabletop, and I am a member of the Facebook page. And I, they says, guys, we're in Tesco's. 
So we're in Tesco's. I'm trying because there's a big list of like clubs in the background, and I wasn't sure if I'd seen yours or not. There you are. We are there at the the Del Farquharson Community Leisure Centre. <laughs> Farquharson. Farquharson. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like Shrek. Farquhar. <laughs> Farquhar. <laughs> Lord <Yeah>. Farquhar. <laughs> you're you're in a you're in a magazine. That's you. That is. That's not me. I'm just a member. You're part of it. That's good enough. I'm kind of definitely go, yeah. Um, so there we go. It is in the back of the magazine. Mm, but, again, but I remember you know, I picked this one. I had a picture of the turtles in the front, and it said exclusive Frostgrave interview. And after all your talk about Frostgrave, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, well, see, the thing with Frostgrave was because there wasn't that many people playing it, it ended up kind of um, it ended up falling to the wayside because ah. Colin was winning so much. Colin is just, I'm going to win everything, and he does. <laughs> And that's just one of the things I've had to accept. But he kept winning at Frostgrave that his character, him and another guy's character, got so over-leveled that we're just playing, unless they were playing each other, if they're playing the other guys, I think they were just wiping them out, so they had to Ooh. had to stop it. I think it's one of these things that needs, it's like all these things, when you're running a campaign, it needs about eight players. Mm. You know, it needs about eight players and turn it into oh, a proper really? league. Yeah. Oh, you couldn't just play it like, like with a couple of these, you've got to play a proper... I think it's what happens is you go off against a skirmish game. Yeah. Um, and the thing with the, the skirmish game is, in order to make it interesting and building up experience, because when you win a battle, you kind of gain experience and you gain spells and you gain treasure. So as you go on, you become more and more powerful. Mm-hmm. So unless you've got everybody kind of playing at the same time, then you get people that can fall down by the wayside. And it's kind of like a, it's like a newbie in Dark Souls going up against somebody who's been currently sitting on new game plus seven or something like that you know you just they get the floor wiped with them oh, so it's, it's like not... walking through the first area and getting invaded yeah pretty by, much by satan <laughs> by, by, by the man who's if it's dark souls one he's, he's gone all the way down to the catacombs got himself uh um got himself hit up with some green titanite and is carrying himself a plus seven fire axe or something like that <laughs> it's good at that kind of yeah it's good at that kind of business do you know what the dark souls people are going to be going he has no idea what he's talking about how, <laughs> how dare he sully his talk with dark souls <laughs> we've got to get the crossover in somehow though haven't we well you've got to mention it you know well, I, we haven't talked are, about it for about a month now so you know well the other thing we haven't the other thing that i've i was i was checking over the episode for sound quality after the debacle that we had <laughs> previous in the week and I thought, do you know what, we didn't mention Dead of Winter and it's the first episode we haven't mentioned it, so I'm going to mention it now Dead of Winter, have you ever played it? I've, Dead of Winter. I've not, I've seen it it's one of those big box ones, it's got like a very it's, fractured, like broken pane of glass yes, front isn't it, yes. yeah it looks good it is very very good because it's very very human, it's kind of like if Shaun of the Dead was a rom-com with zombies, then Dead of Winter is a survival game with zombies. Okay. You know, they're not the direct threat all the time. Mm. The, the people and the actual tasks that you have to get can be the direct threat as well. Oh, so okay. It's a good game. Oh, sounds good. But like the barrier for entry on these is like it's 40, 50 quid. And yeah, I know. if you haven't and got a group, is, it's hard to justify how when you often haven't a group. Gonna, I know. How often, how often are you going to play it, you know? Mm. Um Obviously, things that can be slightly cheaper are the ones that are on um, things that you can find on Kickstarter. Ooh, yeah. Now, one of the things we obviously talk about in the show is giving it a kick. Now, are you are you a person that partakes in the old Kickstarter now and again? Um, well, I didn't think that I partook in many board game Kickstarters, but then I looked through my list and I've, I've got four. 
um, right, okay. I did. Well, I don't usually kickstart many things, uh, only because I've I've been burned a couple of times, not massively, but mm. enough that the thing that came out, I got all excited, and it comes out. I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and a, a couple of games I've uh, I've kickstarted that have just turned out a bit rubbish. Uh, and games that I've ended up purchasing on other platforms as well. Like, I mean, the perfect one was the Double Fine one, the very first big game one. Like, I was, it was excited to be part of it, but then yeah. I've purchased it on the PS4 as well. So, um, yeah. yeah. You've kind of given the money as well. Exactly. Again. I'm at the point where I'd yeah. rather see things come out, especially with video games. Like, I'd rather see it come out, get the reviews, then give them my money because my yes. time is precious. And I, you know, I, I, I spent so much time in The Witcher, for instance. Can I justify dropping money on a random RPG that might not be good? I've just started The Witcher. Oh, you've got so much to look forward to. I know. Oh, it's the literally the greatest. I think it might be in my top ten of ever. I started it for you. Because of oh. you. Not for you, but because of you. Because yes. of all your chat. Because the continual chat. And it's not just you. It's flipping Jeremy Greer as well has been going on about it on Dark and yep, yep. You as well going on about it. I don't know who else has been talking about it, but there seems to be a bit of a revival since the last oh. um, since the last DLC's been out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this looks kind of tasty. And I jumped into it last night. And, of course, I had a code for not Blood and Wine, but the one before it, Heart uh, of Stone. Hearts of Stone, yeah. So that obviously popped up, and you get a completely different start screen. Yeah. He's, uh, no longer got the ravens there. And I went, okay, so I'll give this a so I'll give that a shot. And then the um, the new one does that as well. Blood and Wine does that too. Uh, oh, I've heard so really. Well, I saw your pictures on Twitter. It's, it's, <laughs> it's saying, look at this. It's like it's whoa, like there's whoa. DLC, and then there's hey, look, here's another game we're going to strap on the side of the game we've already made. Enjoy. It's like Dying Light. Dying Light did that. Yeah. Recently. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like here's here's a game. Um, but yeah, back on Kickstarter, like I don't do many of them but the ones I do no. I tend to like be really really into uh, the first yes. board game one I did uh, was actually when we were still playing D&D I actually kickstarted uh, a D&D style book called Time Watch alright okay um, it's made by uh, designed by a guy called Kevin Culp uh, yeah, okay. from oh what are they called where's the company what are they called I can't remember what the actual company's called he works for now um, they make gumshoe uh, games which is kind of like D&D but it's more about finding clues rather than kind of combat and stuff. So uh, yeah, okay. it wants you to use your social skills and to kind of investigate and to draw conclusions. Um, but right. this one has you playing a group of time travel dudes and you have a time machine and you can use it. Um, and essentially you're trying to like unruin history. So you'll get something come up like, oh, um, there's a Mongol horde running through France work out why and you have to go back and work out kind of trace the things back and like the, the it's campaigns it's almost like a kind of finding the butterfly effect thing kind of find the thing oh, that abs- first yeah, everything off absolutely uh, but like when you get into combat and things you can actually kind of like uh, use something called paradox prevention uh, to right, okay. uh, kind of like let yourself do weird time stuff so for example you're like oh I need a gun to shoot that guy I'm going to remember to go back and put the gun that I need inside that cupboard Oh, right. And if you've okay. not if you've not looked in the cupboard, then it's much easier. If you've already looked in the cupboard, then you have to make a much harder check to make it work because you're you're it's, rattling time. It's Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Is, you with can the police station. It is literally <laughs> Bill and Ted. Like you can, oh, dude. you can absolutely do that. Uh, and the rules seem really flexible. Like it allows you to play any kind of scenario. Like you can adapt the rules to Quantum Leap if you want. Uh, kind of jump into a body that's got that skills. Be? Yeah, man. Or you could do like the Bill and Ted thing, or you can do it Doctor Who style, or you can even you can even do it Terminator style if you really want. Um, 
Like it seems really adaptable. And the actual book is finally at the printers. It's been a long time coming, but it's going to be a giant great book. So um, are you, have you got it yet, or is it it's, still on its, it's way? I've got the PDF. The PDF came out about three days ago. All right. Uh, and it's massive and it's gorgeous. Um, uh, of course, the problem is is that since I kickstarted it, my group has disbanded, so I don't have anyone to play it with. Mm, but then, with something like that, can't you do something over Skype then? Very possibly. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that those options. Like Roll Twenty is a, a good way of doing that as well. But like, yeah. I really want to just do it because it looks like it might be a massive, massive laugh. And yeah. for like your character creation, you can just pick anyone from any historical time, and that's who you can be. You can be a caveman if you so feel like it. That would be me on Saturday mornings when I'm half asleep. Then, Whee! <laughs> yay! Uh, but you're, you're you're assumed to be hyper intelligent, like you're assumed to be intelligent and very competent at everything. So if you want to do a thing, you can do yeah. it. Like if you if you're looking for a clue and it needs to use like I don't know, bluff. Like if you're trying to bluff someone, you bluff them. Like there's no kind of you fail the bluff, uh, but you can spend points to make you bluff them better. So you can kind of like go, oh yeah, I, I work here and walk in, or you can go, I'm the boss, let me in. Oh, so it's kind of like um, you can do like skill checks, basically, and you sort can of, yeah. What you're doing. yeah. You can spend oh, points to kind of do cool things, and it encourages you to spend the points to do the cool stuff, um, just just to make cool time stuff happen. Um, and have you? I mean, have you? Have you? Um, are, I mean, have you backed anything else recently? Yeah, yeah, recently. Um, I've done that. Um, there was a certain uh, board game that came up. Uh, you might have heard of it. It was the Dark Souls one. Uh, yes. That came up, and I was—I was—I didn't know whether to mention the obvious elephant in the obvious room. Oh no, let's talk about it. it it's over there, and it's—it's it's got teeth. Um, mm. I saw that I was waiting for it to come up, and it turned up, and I think I was in within an hour of it going up. I was like, "Well, I think, I um, think everyone was in an hour." Yeah, it's like, it going up. of course, I'm giving this eighty quid. Of course, <laughs> I'm giving this eighty. Quid. Look at it. I just want the toys. And a lot of people are buying it just because they want the damn figures. Well, that's what me and Colin have said. I mean, Colin does not do Dark Souls. Mm. I mean, he's, he's aware of its existence, but he hasn't he hasn't grabbed it. But I remember, I mean, um, me and, you know, spoke about this in Dark Insight as well, mm. about, you know, Jeremy is getting it for the figures. He's not yeah. a board gamer. He's got nobody to play with. And there's a lot of people that are going to get it. What do you think of the price, though? I mean, obviously there's the eighty quid, mm. but I think we worked it out. It was going to be three hundred pounds yeah. or something if you wanted everything I... that was going to be part of it. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like the way the actual the main Kickstarter was handled was really really good. Like, yes, for your pledge, your eighty quid, you get every stretch goal. No yes. mucking around, no Kickstarter exclusives, none of that guff that usually turns me off this sort of thing. So I was initially quite down on it when it's like it was announced. Like, oh god, it's going to be like. Pay an extra eighty pound for the Super Souls pack. I had my yeah, I had my reservations about it because there was mm. a couple of expansions. I think Dark Root was one of the expansions. Yeah. Um, and the fear of Kickstarter exclusive is always one of these things that will mm. always guarantee to make me think twice or even put me off back in something. Yeah. Quite simply because you're going into retail with this. Why would you? You know why would you not let somebody who can't jump on board just now miss out on something that looks really cool? Um, but I, yeah. I love that everything they've made is going to be accessible at retail, which is great. Yeah, that's you, the other thing. Yeah. yeah, you haven't got to buy it all now. If you want to, I mean, go for it. You don't let me stop you. Um, mm. And I think when you do add up all the expansions they've done, like I mean, it does cost a lot of money, but they sailed through so many stretch goals. 
so damn many of them stretch goals. Well, that they was, hit I mean, almost that was four the mil, joke, wasn't it? It was yeah. kind of like just, you know, press the button, let it go, and then ding, 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 ding. It's like, yep. oh, okay, three million then. That first, that first update, we're like, yeah, we know we've passed about twenty stretch goals. <laughs> yeah, Give okay, us some time. On. We're going to tell you what yeah. they are in a minute. We'll have to come back to you. We have to invent new ones. Give us, give us an hour. <laughs> Um, I think what will come out is um, what I've seen with these ones, and the only thing that can let these one let this down now is the logistics side of things because there's a big difference delivering a thirty-piece board game with fifty components to it, then delivering a what looks like to be a sixty-piece board game with another hundred components on it mm. on top of that as well, and that's the only thing that can let it down. But they seem to be kind of up on letting people know what's going on yeah they're really um, really like talkative like have you seen that they're yeah. the the extra packs that we've unlocked like the mm. the various like the hero packs and the the new boss expansions are they appear to be coming as separate boxes yes which is great because i've heard which about your good. tribulations with not things fitting in a box as as a man who likes his shelves to look tidy like i'm up for this as well it's like the phantom menace mate it still hurts oh <laughs> do you need a hug um I'm 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 not afraid of saying yes. <laughs> I'd be ready, quite quite hey, happy quite open, happy to do that. Open your heart. <laughs> open um, your mind. But I love that the the options they gave you for like the expansions, like the boss expansions, like they're not mucking about, are they? Like the gaping no. dragon is like twelve to fifteen centimeters tall. That is yeah. a joke. That's, that's not huge. a miniature. That's a no. model. Um, that isn't, no, I think that's what it is. I think what they're expecting is that there is a massive market out here for people who will buy the stuff mm. just for having the stuff and aren't board gamers. And in many ways, there's an argument to be have to say, well, how many people are going to end up board gamers off the back of this? Because I yeah. still know a lot of video game guys who are like, nah, I've played a little bit of board games, but it's just not my thing. Mm. But I can see that a lot of people kind of ending up going, well, I've sp- I've dropped this amount of money on a board game. Might as well play it. Might as well give it a shot. Yeah. And it appears to support one person too, so you can play it single yes. player if you really want to. Yes, which is just, you know, mm. Dark Souls in a nutshell. Yeah, so and the amount of stuff that they give you in that box now, like it's like almost, I think at retail, the amount of stuff we're getting from the Kickstarter, it's like £190 worth of stuff for our £80 Yes, at retail, and that is like it's a joke. Like the value for money on it, it got better and better and better. I was initially a little bit wary of the eighty quid, and then it's like, oh wow, what? okay, I've got twice as many miniatures now. I've got a pursuer miniature. Oh my god! Like, I know. Can you imagine? Just can you imagine the um, the 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 kind of the phone went down when they signed that deal with Bandai Namco and From <laughs> Software to produce that board game? You imagine they still because they would have went, okay, yeah. You say, yeah, you, you, you've got the rights to do it. You imagine how, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Because there's two sides of it. There's, oh wow, we got Dark Souls to do. Yeah. And then there's, oh my goodness, we've got Dark Souls to do. If we yeah. mess this up, then we have to move planet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it, you can't go country. No amount of seppuku, no amount of seppuku can make up for that. No, there's no yeah, there's no country you can go to. Oh, we better go to Japan. No, you can't go there. Australia? No, you can't go there. Yeah. You can't hide out in America, boys. You know, you Jeez, better try. Yeah. Train to be an astronaut and get in that next international space station. <laughs> but there'll probably be somebody up there going, 
All right, you're the guys that mucked up the Dark Souls board game. <laughs> but I suppose Very the, cold the, in space. The thing they've got going for them though is that, like you say, like a lot of people are buying it for just the miniatures. Yeah. The game is the side, like the offshoot on this one. It's like, hmm, I'm gonna buy eighty quid for a sh- like a load of miniatures. Yeah. yeah, and then think about it. Even if you don't want to do that, you've got the stuff there. It's like a you'll, Dark Souls D and D game, if you really wanted to, you'll get. Well, I mean, this is what I was gonna say. You're gonna end up with people kind of like making up their own rules with a give it within six mm. months, if not now. There's going to be people that are going to thinking this is the type of rules. So you want to play your own rule sets? We've come up with this rules because mm. you know what the community community is like. The community is going to come up with some. Here's some additional rules. Here's some alternative rule sets. If you want to play as this character, if you want to play as an SL, if you want to do a one bro character, you can do this. Though you can guarantee because the community is very good at kind of kind of supporting. Mm. You know, um, and they're mental. <laughs> Kickstarter is a good thing. But what is also a good thing is um, Twin Humanities. Oh, is it? It's a very, oh, it's, kind. it's a very, very good. I mean, for those who aren't um, familiar with the show, and as I said at the beginning, um, if you don't, if you aren't familiar with t- Twin Humanities, um, get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, I mean, um, um, this uh, obviously. One of the things we do is we do shout-outs, but obviously I'm not going to say, okay, listen to this podcast, listen to this podcast, listen to this podcast, listen to this podcast. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Twin Humanities, um, and also, you know, just, yeah. I'll, let, the, I'll sell the myself. The floor is yours. I'll the sell myself. The floor is yours. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, me and my, my cohort, CJ, uh, uh, about three years ago now, started uh, our little podcast called Twin Humanities. It wasn't called that then. Um, it was chronicling my first adventures through Dark Souls because I'd, I'd never played it. I'd, I'd just finished Demon Souls. Uh, CJ was a big Dark Souls man. Uh, we, we sort of met on the Polygon forums, yeah, um, and got chatting on there. And uh, my friend Sean suggested, "Why don't you do a podcast? You know, why don't you you record like your go through it?" And I thought that's not a bad idea, you know. So we, me and CJ got chatting, and we got something together. Um, and yeah, I, I played through Dark Souls one with his kind of like help and slight guidance and sort of chatting things through as we were going and if you want to listen to someone do a bad job on their first run like not knowing what they were doing like you listen to the early shows because I listen back and I'm ashamed of myself <laughs> like I hear back and think is that what I did I do that oh jeezy peace um like it's all fair enough mistakes we all do them but like I listen back now and think man I was dumb I was really dumb back in the day, um, but we've how uh, many how many shows have you done now? Because you've not just got Twin Humanities. Oh yeah, got, uh, well that one's the... gone through Twin Humanities has now gone through Dark Souls, uh, Dark Souls Two, Bloodborne. We're in the middle of Dark Souls Three at the moment as well. Yeah, uh, we also recorded. Uh, well, we did a, a small offshoot uh, for a little while called Twin Destiny, where we talked about Destiny because we yes. really like Destiny. We shoot the gun in space. Are you going back to that? Because obviously the new Destiny expansion's coming out, so it are we going to some more? We might go back a little bit to the show. I don't know. We've left it for a while. I think we're just going to go and play it. Yeah. Uh, but there are no plans yet, but we'll see We'll see how we go. Um, but the other main show we do, uh, the other big one, is called Oh, the Humanities. Uh, and that's when we need to talk about things that aren't Dark Souls, even though we just talk about Dark Souls in that one as well. Um, <laughs> You've got to bring it in, haven't you? You can't stop yourself. It's, it's really hard. 
no. Um, and that's where we talk about other games. And more recently, we've been getting more into talking about uh, comics and mangas and animes. And CJ's very into his, his Tokusatsu, which is your Kamen Rider and uh, Super Sentai uh, stuff. Uh, I've, I've and his chatting. Blue Arrow films as well. His I've Blue Arrow films. Love it. I've been really enjoying the chat on the kind of the Blue Arrow. Is it the Blue Arrow version of films? It's... It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All that or, no, I think it's just Arrow. Uh, sorry, it's, it Arrow? it's Arrow. Yeah, it's Arrow. Sorry. So it is. Mm. I, 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 I was right. there. I'll, I should. I should remember. I was there. I'll edit. <laughs> well, I should remember there because you know it's because I listened to it often enough. But um, yeah, um, yes. So it's yeah. I mean, all the human. I mean, it's, I guess if you're not a Dark Souls fan, jump into all the humanities. If you are a Dark Souls fan, listen to both of them because mm. they're you know. Thanks. It's pretty good stuff. It's good. No, it's yeah. It's, we it's, we yeah. chat about comics and yeah. TV shows and anything that kind of takes our fancy. And it appears we like almost the same stuff, but not quite. Um, we like almost like he he really likes his Tokusatsu, which is like you know his uh, his Kamen Rider and his big sort of Japanese kind of live action TV shows. Whereas I'm more into my wrestling, which is the yes. sort of similar thing, which is big sort of silly fighting men, but in a different way. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're almost them, into the same stuff. One of them. One of them's fake and made up, and the other one's Tokusatsu. <laughs> <laughs> That's very right. Yeah. Um, on that note, um, if people are looking to search you and find you and obviously um, play board games with you, mm. where can they find you on Tinternets? Well, Mr. my address it, No. <laughs> <laughs> 22 um, No, uh, you can find me on the Twitter uh, Is the only place I really go anymore Because who uses Facebook anymore? Come on No um, it's, it's a BNP notice board these days I mean, come on <laughs> <laughs> but, Oh dear Sometimes Did I you... get married um, oh, mate, I know wait, I, I, I must, you know, I heard that Was it somebody had put up a I don't know if it was Britain First or somebody had put up a poster of a of um, a British bulldog with a phone number underneath and it said, you know, Britain moving forward for Britain kind of thing and oh. somebody had encouraged people to phone up and apparently they had to shut down the phone number, the mobile number that was on there because they were getting so many phone calls with folks saying, found your dog, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, yeah, if, if you want to find me, not, not on Twitter, please, uh, not on Facebook, uh, Twitter, no. it's at, uh, at Paddy Stardust um, because of David Bowie. Uh, which is why, which is the tight why we chose the title of the episode. There you are um, the, the podcast, man who sold uh, the world. The man who sold the world. Thank you. That's clever. I like it. Um, and our podcast, you can find us on at Twin Humanities. Humanities is a hard mm. word to spell. I get it wrong on the RSS feed for the show all the time. Uh, <laughs> there's two eyes in it. Um, yeah, that's that's the best place on us. You can find us on uh, iTunes, and uh, we've got our YouTube channel as well, where we put the video, uh, the podcast up there. And there's yeah, a few odd that. bits there too, as well. We've got a few odd bits up. That's um, pretty cool. I made pizza once uh, and cocktails. So is that up there as well? Oh yeah, uh, I actually met Fantastic. someone, uh, one of my one of my Twitter friends. Uh, we met because he made that cocktail and had the third worst hangover of his whole life because of them. <laughs> and that I felt incredibly fantastic. proud. Oh dear! My mum loves it. I've got I've got cooking up on YouTube. She's very proud. Well, she will do because she knows that she's raised she's raised a man who can look after himself and his wife, which mm. is always a good thing. <laughs> Make an absolute <laughs> state of the kitchen. I know, I know. Um, listen, it has been um, pleasure speaking to you, 
Oh, um, pleasure's all been mine. This has been absolutely delightful. Thank you so you much know, for inviting me on. This has been a long... Uh, Ever since you said I'm making a, vid- a board game show, I was like, can I come on? Yes, you Please? can. <laughs> yes, you can. And you were always on the list. Oh, I always. thank you. Oh, I know. I know. Love but you. Is... Oh, you two. Oh. Go, go, go. Run Tear off in the into eye. the sunset together. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, we... Uh, Again, for everyone else out there who's obviously invading in our little love fest now, um, uh, this has been a kind of a one-off special for um, We're Not Wizards, um, called Friends of the Show. We are going to be having some more. Um, again, you probably know where to find us just now, but you can get us on. You can get us on Facebook. You can get us on Twitter. You can get us on Stitcher. You can get us on iTunes. You can get us. You can get email. So if you search for anything, we are not wizards. Um, at we are not wizards on Facebook. At we are not wizards on. Nah, 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 if you so find a wizard, so you've missed. Yeah, basically, <laughs> we're we're gonna eradicate them all. But um, <laughs> but again, thanks again, Paddy, for joining us, and to everyone else. Um, remember that we are many things, but we are not wizards. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Oh, I've not done the theme tune. Do it. Okay. Good night, all you dungeon explorers. Good night, all you bard-like singers. Good night, may you all be rolling twenties. Good night. That was delightful. <laughs>